Trigger warning, the Resilience Project provides an open space for people to share their personal experiences. Some content in this podcast may include topics that you may find difficult. The listener's discretion is advised. Hello, friends. Welcome to Radical Resilience, a weekly show where I, Blair Kaplan Venables, have inspirational conversations with people who have survived life's most challenging times. We all have the ability to be resilient and bounce forward from a difficult experience. And these conversations prove just that. Get ready to dive into these life-changing moments while strengthening your resilience muscle and getting raw and real. Welcome back to another episode of Radical Resilience. It's me, Blair Kaplan-Venables, and I'm here with the other half of the Griefy Gals, Alana Kaplan, my sister. And today's topic, woof, it's a griefy one and like extra griefy because my intuition was obviously on fire. But today we're going to talk about grief around losing a pet. Grief around losing a pet. And you know, not all of us have ever had pets, but a lot of us, I could confidently say a lot of people have had pets and there's nothing more painful. Actually, there is more, something more painful, losing a parent, <laughs> but there's, there's one of the more painful feelings because our pets are our chosen family. There are fur babies and Alana and I have both gone through like significant losses throughout our life with our pets. So You know, we're going to tell the story. We're going to tell the tale of Blackie. We're going to tell the tale of Xena. And we're going to tell the tale of Ash. So I'm going to pass it over to Alana. And uh, let's have a little chit chat about Blackie. Okay. So just want to preface that uh, Blackie was the bunny I had in 1999 when I was 10. Hence the name. And I was so excited. I went and got Blackie at Petland and and with a friend of mine at the time, they also got a bunny rabbit and I could not have loved this little rabbit more. I would race her down the hallways of our house. She would pee everywhere. She would poop everywhere. And I have like this recollection a couple months after I got her, this might be a bit TMI, but it shouldn't be because it's normal. Um, I was an early, I was early to the party of getting my period. And um, I have this memory of crying because I was so young and I thought Blair didn't have her period yet. And she was four years older than me. Um, And so I remember sitting on my bed kind of crampy with blackie on my stomach just crying um she even though she was a bunny she was i like she was my world i would take pictures of her at summer camp you put her on a leash and took her for walks i forgot about that (laughs) (laughs) Um, i thought it was I like again me being four years older I thought it was like the stupidest pet i was like a rabbit in a cage like what And I couldn't wrap my head around the like affection you had because it was yours. It wasn't ours. And Mm -hmm. I had never had a pet. No, like I loved her in letters from camp. My mom would write on Blackie's behalf and 
um, we had, there was a bit of an overlap with Black, maybe a year and a half overlap with Blackie and Zena, who we will talk about next. And um, one year we went to, we went on a trip to Mexico and we had to put Zena in boarding and we put Blackie in boarding. And at this point it was just too stressful for Blackie. So um, she stopped eating when we came home, she stopped drinking. We um, essentially like after many vet visits, we had to, to put her down. Um, and it turns out she had cancer. Uh, kind of like everyone else in our life. Um, and we, I was distraught. I was in grade 11 at this time. So Blackie lived a long life. Like she lived seven-ish years, um, but I was distraught. I was a distraught 16 year old. I couldn't go to school. My mom was distraught. I think it was, I think her seeing how upset I was made her sad and having her put down was sad. And coming home and having Xena like be on top of her cage and not having her in it. I don't think I gave away her cage for years after. And I actually like, this is how much I loved this rabbit in our, my grade 11 English class, we had to make an anthology on poems. I mean, it also speaks to where I am today. Um, and my topic was on grief. It was called like someone said goodbye, I think, which was an Enya, I think it's an Enya song, great song. Um, and I was inspired from my dead rabbit to make this. Um, so even this little furry thing that was probably like four pounds had so much power over me. And I, my mom, this is just kind of a funny aside. So my mom loved calendars and writing everything in her calendar. <laughs> and up until she died on Blackie's birthday, which we guessed, which was May 8th, she would be happy 15th birthday Blackie or happy 20th birthday Blackie. So <laughs> on, on May 8th, every year I think of like, oh, Blackie would have been 24 this year oh my gosh. which is ridiculous but yeah it's that's the story of little little blackie i just want to point out like so when blackie passed away i don't remember the overlap with xena and but i do remember like i sort of remember this but you do so when blackie died you stayed home from school and and mom stayed home from work and mm -hmm. you guys have to understand my mom did not miss work for anything like she worked until three weeks before she died from cancer like she didn't miss anything. So mom took the, a sick day to be there for Alana when Blackie died. So that's how important Blackie was to two thirds of our family. <laughs> Where did you ever hold Blackie? I don't know. I just remember like, maybe, I don't remember like having much of a relationship with Blackie, but Xena. Mm. So we got Xena when I was 19 and she was a barn cat. And I have a friend from Porridge Prairie and she told me about um, a, a litter of kittens. And so she took one kitten, an orange cat, and I took one cat, a calico cat. And I named her Xena the warrior pussy because she looked like, uh, like, you know, she had all these like fun stripes on her. Like she looked like a warrior. Actually, my friend Rhonda was the other, was the other cat's mom and one of my best friends. And I named actually Xena, Xena Rhonda. <laughs> Kaplan, Zena the Warrior Pussy, Zena Rhonda Kaplan. And she named her cat Tigger Blair Verway. So <laughs> it 
Um, but Zena, um, you know, we had a bit of a mouse, there's some mice in the house and I don't know. I can't remember. I just remember wanting a pet and mom allowing it. And it just kind of happened. Actually, it was because you were, you had your first heartbreak, but also mom had a, we had a mouse problem because that is accurate. Yes. yes. It was like all sorts of things. Anyways, you know, my life then, like I was 19, I left Winnipeg when I was 21, maybe 22. Like, you know, my life then was like school and working a full-time job and working in the bars and partying and hanging out with friends. I wasn't home much. So like, yeah, it was our cat, my cat, but it, it became Alana and my mother's cat. And she was a feisty little sass squatch. In fact, okay. She, she ate, she loved her food. And at one point she got really obese and then went on a diet. And I remember, I can't remember where I was. I might've been living in Edmonton at the time. And mom sent me a message saying that uh, Zena was the poster cat for cat weight loss. Cause they put her on weight loss food and lost a whole bunch of weight. And they like promoted her on social media and stuff. And, you know, in true Kaplan fashion <laughs> made a name for herself. But, um, you know, I left Winnipeg and mom said to me, you're not taking Zena. And so I said, fine. Um, yeah, I mean, every time I came home, we played these games of her pretending she didn't know me. And then she'd always end up cuddling with me and remembering me. And she, you know, she was a little sassy cat. Yes, Alana. I loved Zena so much. Um, she like was probably the most aggressive snuggler I've ever encountered. Like she nudged you so hard when she snuggled and she, I was, I had my, my hand up because what I originally was going to say is I still have access to that, uh, that post of, of her being the poster child. So I feel like we should potentially share it in the, sh in the show notes. I don't know what you think. Um, um, yeah, we can definitely share the link to that in the show notes. Um, but yeah, so Zena's journey, like, it's good because during the pandemic, Alana and I both didn't live at home in Winnipeg. And my mom was at home. Um, my mom was at home alone because she was in the, she works as a dental hygienist. And so the dental community was the first that we're, we're told to stay home. And so she was at home with Zena, like her and Zena spent mm -hmm. a lot of time together. And, you know, when mom got sick, she went into the hospital and we learned that she had two weeks left to live. I, I was, you know, with her. Um, on day like one of three that she had left of her life and she looked at me and she said Blair you have to take Xena and I was like but mom like I have two other cats and she's like you have to take her Alana can't have her she lives in an apartment <laughs> <laughs> so in my head I'm like oh my god what am I gonna do I have to bring this like sassy old cat from Winnipeg to Pemberton and we were like across the country so flying taking this cat from Winnipeg to Vancouver and then driving three hours into the mountains and then moving three and a half hours into my mother-in-law's house and then to my house in Kamloops. Like that was the journey that Zena went on. And it's really interesting because at the, you know, start of her life, I was with her and it just so happened to be like, she stayed with me. Like she, she made me, made sure I got all the way to the house where I was to get settled in my new life in Kamloops. And within a month of being here, you know, it was her time to cross that rainbow bridge. And it was really sad and heartbreaking. In fact, being with her felt like I had a piece of mom, like I had a piece of, of mom with us. And when she died, it was kind of like it reopened those grief wounds of mom again. Mm -hmm. Um, and also really sad because like 19, right? She was, was it 19? No, she was 17. Okay. She was 17. 
Um, but still like it's a long it's a long time to like Zena I mean at the time that that she died she was alive for more of my years than she wasn't and my friends just knew how important Zena was to me and they got this like curated photo print made for me and framed it and it was just the sweetest thing because they they recognize and I mean I think a lot of people listening can probably recognize the importance and the value of having a pet and how they are very important family members yeah and so like when we knew she was gonna go we we put her down and you know that process was very like that was my first time experiencing the loss of a pet and like holding her in my arms in a towel and like having them give her the needle and her falling asleep for forever. <laughs> it was just so sad and heartbreaking, but then they, they took her and they cremated her and I got little, little pictures of her little paw prints and I have her ashes hanging in my closet that one day is going to get sprinkled all over Winnipeg because that's what's going to happen with Zena. We're going to go visit mom. All over, all over Sharon's. Don't tell the synagogue. <laughs> Shh. There might be a drive-by of our childhood home sprinkling as well. Maybe this summer, <laughs> maybe this fall. <laughs> um, but yeah, and um, I'm not going to talk too much about it because it's super fresh. But this past weekend, we lost, me and Shane lost Ash. And um, she was our senior cat. She was 18 and Shane's best friend. And she, <laughs> she, he says, she was my longest girlfriend. And it was just very heartbreaking. Shane did not like cats. And his ex-girlfriend brought home a cat from the shelter. And he fell in love. And she has been in my life for 12 years. And she was just very special and cuddly and fluffy and soft and smart. Oh, and beautiful. And unfortunately, we were camping this weekend and we got a call from our neighbor who was watching us to let us know that she passed away in her sleep. So that's a fresh one. Um, and so having a cat pass away in our house and then burying her in our yard was that experience. Um, it was very sad, but also very special to have like, you know, been able to be with her that long and you know she's no longer suffering because she was really old and sick but you know I think like our pets are our family yeah I would say like lots of places of employment have bereavement leave and they have it for family members like parents siblings kids nephews etc 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 um but there's nowhere there for pets and I've and I've told my manager straight up, I'm like, FYI, like when the time comes for, for Miss Molly, which hopefully won't be for years, like they can't expect me to come to work the next day or even the day after. Like there's a difference, I think, with grief with animals because the communication is different and the like relationship is different. And you don't know how to always help them or respond to them. They don't speak. They don't share how they're feeling with you. Um, and so you just do the best you can with what you know. And mm -hmm. it just makes it really sad. Yeah. And especially because pets generally like, you know, they're not like humans where like you argue with them. Like, yeah, they might like rip apart your furniture or like shit in your shoe or, you know. <laughs> like shits and shoes. Actually, Duffy oh, ones barfed in my yeah, dog's shit and shoes Duffy once yeah. or maybe it was Ash one of them barfed into my boot once 
but anyways, cats, cats, dogs, animals, you know, there's the good and the bad, but it's interesting. Cause then there's people who like have these really profound, deep relationships with their pets. And then they like, after lose, they lose it, them, they decide never to have a pet again. Cause they don't want to go through that. But what's so interesting is because I feel like I've been through the loss of Xena and also the loss of such profound people in my life. Like it was really sad and it still is really sad, but like, I know I'm going to be okay. And, you know, the, I think the the love for a pet outweighs the sadness that's going to be there. And I know this because like my, my second time ever having a kitten was when we got Frey in September. Mm-hmm. Like it's been like almost like 10 months or whatever. And like the, the love that I have for him is so big that it fills the void of, um, it fills that void, like that pain that I had from losing Xena. I don't know. I mean, pets, right? Pet grief, pet grief, bereavement. Pet grief. Does that qualify as grief? Does it qualify as disenfranchised grief? Shouldn't really matter. It's, it's grief. It's grief. And it, and again, I've, I've known people who've lost pets that feel the loss months later. And of course, like these are animals who, for the most part, will unconditionally love you. Like Blair said, you're not arguing necessarily with pets. Like when you're having a bad day, they're probably they coming to snuggle you. They know. Um, yeah. They know. And like, they know when like, you're not feeling good and they know when stuff's going on. Like they just, they're very intuitive and they're very special. And like, some of them are very smart. Some are very beautiful and dumb. Like Frey is beautiful and he's not dumb, but he's not very smart, but he's also a kitten. But I think, you know, I think our hearts are meant to love and there's lots of room for love and grief happens because we love so hard and so big. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can't believe that I didn't have a pet in my life for 19 years. And I can't imagine not having at least one cat by my side. It's just something very special about that bond. But I think as we wrap up, Alana, what type of advice do you have for someone who has just lost their pet? Take all the time you need. And again, like I always say, like, allow yourself to feel what you need to feel. Um, the loss of a pet just because they're little and furry and don't necessarily talk to you doesn't make it any less of a loss. I, in fact, like, I think that's really beautiful to play on that. Like also something that really helped with Xena and that helps with Ash is that Shane and I, we spend a lot of time looking at pictures of Ash and sharing pictures and letting our friends know. And we made, I made a social media post, like, you know, it's okay. It's honor them in whatever way you want. And maybe it's posting photos or just looking at your photos and creating an album with Xena. Alana and I have a shared album on our phones. And every time a Xena picture pops up on my phone, because I have thousands, like tens of thousands of photos, we add it to the album and it's something really nice and beautiful to look at. And if it's your thing, I don't think it's mine. Some people have like looked into like stuffing. No, really? Yeah. I don't know if I would do it. Not quite taxidermy, but like maybe. I mean, if that's your thing, sure. This but took like a twist. also, sorry. This <laughs> took a twist. Like you know, like people when they cremate loved ones, they might spread ashes. Um, but you can also get like bracelets or like necklaces with like a little pocket of 
of the ash in that. So like you can memorialize it that way or yeah. And when Sorry, she says ash, she doesn't mean my cat ash. No, because ash is in her backyard. Um, I can tell you I definitely prefer cremating. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I prefer no death, but that's not reality. So, and I apologize to everyone that I brought up the stuffed animal thing. Take I've never even heard that, but you know what? I, think, I really like the paw print thing. Like if you know your pet is about to go, um, if your vet doesn't offer those services, it's really cool to have a paw print. You could put that on jewelry. You can frame it. Alana and I each have one. Um, you can get a tattoo. Yeah, you can get a tattoo. There's so much you can do, but you know, we just thought about what we could talk about today. And because of, I guess, my intuition and, you know, what just happened, I thought this is a good one to talk about. So if you're going through, you know, a a chaotic time with your pet and their health, and you're feeling really sad and you know, it's coming to the end. Like, I am so sorry. Like it's terrible and it sucks. And then, you know, it's sad and, you know, no, you're not alone that you have people around you who've gone there, gone that, you know, through it with you. And there's no right or wrong way to grieve a pet. Do what you need to do to take care of your mental health. You know, if you have a story you want to share, maybe you lost a pet and you want to share how you overcame that grief, or you have a story of overcoming any life challenge. I want to invite you to share your story with the Global Resilience Project. Right now, we are sharing. Um, we have our submissions open for the second Global Resilience Project book. We are looking to have it come out later this year. You know, we believe every story deserves get told and we are a safe space for you and your stories of resilience. We are a container for big feelings. Sharing your story helps you heal. Hearing other people's stories while going through something hard helps you heal. So we, we are here to strengthen our resilience muscle together. We are here to heal together. Alana, any final words? Not today. Okay. You could have just shook your head. <laughs> nope, sorry. On that note, remember, you're not alone. Let us be that lighthouse in the storm, that light at the end of the tunnel. You don't have to go through grieving a pet alone or any of your hard stuff. And just remember, you are resilient. That's a wrap for another episode of Radical Resilience. Do you feel inspired by this episode? You can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player and connect with us to join the conversation at IamResilient.info. Remember, it's okay to not be okay. And you, my friend, are resilient. Radical Resilience is a podcast created by The Resilience Project.